change the angle of your hat. <laughs> Did it I? Was, oh yeah, it was it was off. It was it was a tilt. It was a tilt. It was a tilt. I turned around to start the recorder, and I was going to come back and say something about your a tilt hat, and oh, then well, it I, was straight, and well, I didn't know what, what to do. A tilt and a skew, same thing, different. Well, I think a tilt is very specifically tilted, whereas a skew can be Anything. any direction. It doesn't have to be a tilted well, direction. Well, like, your hat could be askew without it being tilted. Like, it could just be twisted the wrong way. You could be, uh, you know, wearing it inside out. Something like that. It's not necessarily tilted wrong, but it's definitely askew. not normal. So if something is skew, then then I'm wearing it correctly. No. Askew, the, 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 the uh is not necessarily a prefix, and certainly not one that is equivalent to un- <laughs> what is a prefix, though? Yeah, but a tilt isn't the opposite of tilt. A tilt is an adjective. What is the opposite of tilt prefix? Tilt is a verb, suffix. Tilt is a verb. Oh, that's good, that's good. I thought yeah. it would just be fix. No. Or, or postfix. No, this is like last week where you thought the opposite of progress was gress. Right. It's not. that You don't just remove the prefix and make an opposite. It doesn't work that way. It really should, though. But it does It works so, it's, uh, sometimes. When? Uh, unnatural. Okay. Natural. Okay. Well, in that instance, and other instances like it, that prefix is designed to oppositify the word. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> you are a college teacher. Well, yeah, and I use words like oppositify. Do you? Sure. Good. No. No? No, I haven't. You're... I did have to, oh, God, I, you know, I, I went on a little bit in my, in one of my classes I assigned a term paper. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I did have to start to get on them a little bit about uh, apostrophes and the proper use of them. <laughs> and I so felt like XOP. I was so my dad here. We were writing papers about uh, Richard Rogers, who's uh-huh. a, a great composer of American musical theater. And his last name is spelled R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Right. And I got so many variations on that when it came to, you know, talking about him in the possessive and talking about him in the past and talking about him and other people named Rogers and all of that. And, I, you know, I'm just going to make it clear. If any of my freshmen happen to listen to this show, which I find highly unlikely, but you never know. Uh, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, that's just his name. If he owns something and it's Richard Rogers's piano, R-O-D-G-E-R-S apostrophe S. Right. S apostrophe S. It's acceptable. Now, what if there's more than one Rogers who owns I something? I think that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-E-S, are the Rogerses. And if the Rogerses own a piano, then I think it's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-E-S apostrophe. You the only... Rogerses? Yeah, more than one Rogers. The Rogerses? I don't think that's sure. right. Sure, the Rogerses. The Rogerses? Yeah, why would you <laughs> say the Rogers if you meant two of them? I... How do you pluralize it? I don't know, but Rogerses, see... Sounds odd. <laughs> yeah, I know, me. but I think it's right. All right, I'm and I'll tell you, you certainly don't ever do R O D G E R apostrophe S. What is that? That's not even his name. That's, that's somebody else. That doesn't make any sense at all. Who is that guy? That's the equivalent of like spelling your name R Y A apostrophe N. <laughs> like it makes just as much sense. The apostrophe N is a is a difficult rule. To well, remember. It, it, it is it is lost. It is it is a lost art. The apostrophe <laughs> N. Uh, if anybody didn't notice, you are back for... I'm, oh, I'm back. You're back for an hour. How's this been going, by the way? I haven't been looking. No? I've been concentrating on you. I'm going to just bring that down a little bit. Yes, I'm back. I've been back for like an hour. 
I drove back today. Uh, we're doing the show on what is today? Today is actually Saturday. Saturday, October sixteenth. Is it the sixteenth? You just looked at your watch. Yeah, I have a number on there, but I don't know if it's right. September had thirty it days. It is sixteenth. It ever is the sixteenth because the seventeenth tomorrow we are going to Great Adventure. Now we say tomorrow. Of course, by the time the show comes out, it'll have been three days ago. We will have already had a wonderful time, and one of us might be dead. <laughs> one but of us might. This be. podcast will live on. I posthumously. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go on yeah. these roller coasters. Really, roller coasters? <laughs> yes. I am terrified. But the terrified is... Now, are you going to be wearing a diaper? Because you're likely to pee your pants, aren't you? I'm going to pee my pants. Are you going but to wear a diaper? What brand do you use to protect yourself? I you know? use a... Uh, uh, um, Can you name one brand of adult undergarment? Yes. Besides Depends? Uh, uh, ooh, I crap my pants. That's an actual product? No. I don't think so. My my terrified level is about at a, at a, at a 10. Yeah. But my what? my uh, my anticipatory enjoyment level of seeing you on the rides is at a fifteen. Seriously? Yes. You have you have more you have more in you that you are more interested in seeing me on these rides than in taking them yourself. Yes. The hell is wrong with you? I mean, seriously, I'm, what is wrong I'm with really you? I'm really going to enjoy it. Wow. Anyway, so let's start the show. This is Fill Me In, episode 121, brought to you live from Queens, New York. And it's a palindrome. 121 is a numerical palindrome. Yes. It is. That's true. It's also a square. Oh, yes. 121 is a square. It's our first square episode in a while. It is. It's our first square episode in approximately five months, six months. Okay. Yeah, since April. It was our last square episode. (laughs) Our last square episode was kind of a big deal. Right, it was 100. Yeah. So, this is, you know, I'm pretty psyched. This is good. <laughs> we may never get another square episode. It's quite possible. You never know. They can pull the plug on this show. Franklin! Alright, so we have... We have a lot of viewer mail. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. First viewer mail. Oh. Whoa, 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 okay. whoa. I don't know. You... Whoa. Just snap. Do it. Jesus. Do your thing. Viewer mail. Opening it up. First viewer mail. <laughs> Our first viewer mail comes to us from Nicole Hurst. Something <laughs> Jared, something sorry. numbers. I got <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> I got sick again. Okay. I'm getting over it, though. Are you going to sing the song again? No, no, no. No? That part's okay? I think so. Should I just start again, though? No, no, go for it. Our first viewer mail comes to us from Nicole Hirsch, something Jared, something numbers. And the title of it is Spray on Pancakes. Uh, Hey, guys, great podcast. Just a couple of notes on my long drive to work. I didn't realize we got notes. I didn't know we got notes from our viewers, but we have a couple of notes, apparently. Notes. Uh, Maybe Nicole is our director. I don't know. Uh, first off, uh, first of all, thank you for getting me almost there to work this week. I have just enough time to talk this message into my phone. I'm sorry for any punctuation and spelling errors. You had me laughing within the first two minutes. It's nice to be kept awake in the morning. I have a lot of problems right off the bat. First right. of all, you're recording these notes and then somehow emailing us a recording, but it turned into text. Yeah, I don't understand uh, how that works. Do you have a, a, is it like a dictaphone app on your iPhone? Do you uh-huh. have a secretary? I don't understand at all, and and you're relying on us to keep you awake. Yeah, that is very scary. That is. You are in a car on the highway, very very frightening. Uh, she goes on to say, "Have fun at Great America. I wish I lived closer. I wish I lived closer so I could join you. Tell Tony to take her X shot. 
You have uh, to say the thing about the pancakes. That was the title of the email. Well, I thought it was funnier to leave it out and oh. have it just be the title. Let's of leave the it email. out then. Let's not even mention it. Well, you already have. No, let's not mention it. Are you going to edit this out? No. Well, then we've mentioned it. It's been mentioned. You can't unmention it unless you edit it out. Unmention. What? It's an app. It's an opposite. Mention. Our next viewer mail comes from Mark Halpin. Mark Halpin says, "I enjoy your podcasts a lot." How about that? Wow. And Who are you, Mark? And can we like buy you a, a burger or something? That sounds <laughs> a burger. I'm hungry. And you, <laughs> imagine my delight at the shout out in the most recent one about my Sondheim cryptics. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. These Sondheim cryptics are awesome. They're, and they they're, are really, they're really. I mean, Sondheim was a puzzle guy himself. And did he die? Well, he doesn't really make puzzles anymore. No, he didn't die, but... But he's probably still a puzzle guy. Oh, he's probably still a puzzle solver, but he was a puzzle maker. I mean, he made he made cryptic puzzles that they, they ran in the... Uh, something. Insert publication here. I have no idea where they ran, but a long time ago. The Daily know. Tribune. Sure. Uh, and I don't know. And these puzzles are very cool. And they're in the Sondheim Review, which is a magazine about Sondheim, and they're on Mark Halpin's uh, website. Is that a monthly magazine? The Sondheim Review? Yes. Might be every two months. I haven't subscribed to it in a while, to be honest with you. What I mean, what is it about? Well, the time that I used to read it, it had articles about his show and productions of his shows, uh, analyses of songs, perhaps interviews with him or other people who have worked with him. Um, it wasn't a very thick magazine. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I mean, he's a prolific. Uh, a composer, writer, person. Yeah, but not so much in the last 20 years, not so prolific. No. So I'm just wondering what the magazine could Maybe be Maybe it was about. making up for lost time, because the magazine wasn't around in the 70s when he truly oh. was prolific. All right. I mean, he won three Tony Awards in a row for his shows, or his shows won three Tony Awards in a row. Uh, That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Company Follies and a Little Light Music in sure. the early 70s. He owned Broadway. Yes, he and the other Sondheimses... We're quite no, plural. actually, no, because Sondheim doesn't end in an S, so you could just pluralize it by saying Sondheims. All right, I would say Sondheims is. Well, see, th- now that think, sounds ridiculous. I think all composers should be pluralized that way. By adding S-E-S? Yes. So then Richard Rogers would actually be Rogers' is. <laughs> exactly. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay, can you put the S-E-S somewhere else in the word, or does it have to be at the end? Sure, it could be Rosas' Dejurder. <laughs> <laughs> How about Oscar Hammerstein, the twoses? <laughs> sure. He's Oscar Hammerstein, the two. Sure. You know, Oscar Hammerstein, the I-I. Right. Zizzes. Zizzes. Sounds sort of like part of Vuvuzela. Does. What if you stick that in the middle of Vuvuzela? What do you get? Vuvuzela. <laughs> oh, dear. Our next viewer mail is from Adam Hirsch, our friend who does not work for NPR. Sadly, he says, sadly, your memory of that Saturday in August is correct. I did a bare handful of interviews, including one with Nicole Hirsch, before succumbing to a fit of Oreos and other activities. Oreo is an activity. Didn't realize. Uh, So I did not acquire enough tape to do a segment, but I'll see if I save Nicole's. This lack of follow-through may be why I continue to not work at NPR. Well, I'm glad we finally have a bit of an explanation for that. Because I have been wondering, why doesn't he work at NPR? Right. And well, now, so this is good. It's his lack of follow through. I cannot That's wait till he works at NPR. Well, that'll certainly, you know, that'll be a big accomplishment. It will. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, he goes on to say, waffles are not born, they are made. He wonders what we meant by Taft Hartley. You said this, and I agreed with you just to sort of let it go. I don't know what you meant. Taft Hartley is, is, is when a, a non 
SAG person, Screen Actors Guild, is on a, is on a set. Uh-huh. And they say, we want to give you a line and make you SAG. Okay. And we will Taft-Hartley you. And what does that mean? It's It means that they, they kind of force you into the union. And it's called this because... Because Taft-Hartley, that was an act that had something to do with unions. Like They might not force you into the union. They might just say, we're going to give you... It might just be... I give you uh, 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 a union pay, but you're not really in the union. See, that re- makes more sense. Yeah, that I, actually makes a lot more sense. I think that's it. That makes more sense, especially if you're only going to have like one line in a scene, but normally you're a non-union extra, but they say, oh, you know what? You look exactly like the what we want in this picture here, so come and say this one line, and you don't have to take your SAG card, because that's a lot of money for somebody who's normally doing just extra work. Uh, but will Taft Hartley you and give you one day union pay in exchange for you that, sort of stepping up and doing this line? That could be it. That makes more sense. Now, you, of course, are an actor, a professional actor. Yes. With years of experience with the unions and extra work and lines and no lines yes. and things like that. So clearly, this is your area of expertise. Well, I did right? get a line in the Thomas Crown affair. Yeah. But I was already SAG at the time. Okay. So. I didn't have to deal with it. So you were not Taft Hartleyed. No, no. I had. Did, I already. I, I did not have to get my Taft Hartleyses. <laughs> okay. Uh, Adam finishes finally with a single pressed Italian sandwich is a panino. Two of them are panini. Three of them are delicious. That lots is of pluralizing true. on today's show. Yeah. Panino, panini, delicious. Panini's. I feel like I should be count von count there. One panino, two panini. Ooh, <laughs> oh my god. Three God's delicious. Knocked over my puzzles. I did. Alright, while you're picking them up, I will go to Not the Dentist. Not the Dentist. His viewer mail is entitled Look. Look. He says fellas. Fellas. Look. Look. Look fellas. Look fellas. Look fellas. Look, look fellas. Uh, I can't imagine I'll be the only one to say this, but Brian is one hundred percent right. Ryan is one hundred percent wrong. A near miss is a, is a success that almost didn't happen. A failure that almost didn't happen would be a near hit. I don't understand. You know, we've been t- we talked about this last week. Obviously, the use of near miss to describe both something that almost happens and something that almost doesn't happen. Yeah, that kind of the term works for both, depending on the circumstance. I guess. I I. I, I... I just, if somebody pitches to a batter... Let's not... Don't use baseball, because that's confusing. Since How is base, it confusing? No, because baseball actually has hits. So do something but that I, doesn't involve... No, no, no. Something that doesn't involve the same words as, like, stats right. and scorekeeping. All right. Say, I, about say I'm else. a softball player. No. <laughs> <laughs> you jackass. Come on. <laughs> I just enjoyed myself. I know you did. I know you um, did. Let's say I am in the kitchen. Okay. All right? That's fine. And you are throwing a muffin at me. <laughs> no, no. What? Throwing. Be baking something. Talk, I okay, am baking you're, something. You're in the kitchen, and you have to put eggs into the thing, and so you crack an egg, and a little bit of eggshell falls into the batter. Is that a near miss or a near hit? That's just got a mistake. Eggsh- well, what is it? A near miss or a near hit? Only a little bit of eggshell. The rest of the eggshell made it out of the bowl. I wouldn't use that phrase for either. No? No, I would just say there's eggshell in my... If I, if I, all right, all right. Let's try this. You have a bowl full of waffle batter out of a spray can, yeah. But you've sprayed it into the bowl first. You're gonna pour it onto your griddle, right? Uh huh. But oh my God, the cat came in and made me trip or whatever, 
and I'm kind of jostling the bowl a bit. Oh, but I just managed to pour out the batter onto the griddle, and and there's no no mess was made. Again, that, I wouldn't. Is that a near miss? I would never use. I would never use near miss to describe but something that was a success. You wouldn't. So no. That, so that you ever. succeeded to get the all the batter onto the griddle. Is, so, all right, well then, what if you got most of the batter onto the griddle, but some of it onto the floor? I'd get a sponge. Was that a near miss? No, I, w- I just wouldn't use it What if that you got way? all of the batter onto the floor and none of it onto the griddle? Is that a near miss? <laughs> I don't think so. Can you give me an example of a near miss that doesn't involve swinging and hitting something? Uh, well, I was it is say, not a I, baseball exclusive I would, term. Why can't I use the muffin thing? Because you're... Making a baseball game. I am not making a baseball game. You are. I pitched a muffin at you. No, I said you threw a muffin at me. And you're probably holding a rolling pin or something that you'll swing and hit it. No, you throw throw a muffin at me. It whizzes past my chin. Yeah. And that's a near miss. That's a near miss? It sounds like it's a complete miss. I didn't hit you. It's a hundred percent miss. There's nothing near about it. Well, that's not how I use it. It was near to your face. It was. But it wasn't a near miss. I didn't appreciate it. It was a miss. It was a near hit. I don't get it. This is why the Not the Dentist wrote to us. All right. Well, thank you, Not the Dentist. I still don't understand. There's more to his email, though. Are we going to read the rest well, or skip I think the it's, rest? I think we should skip the rest, because he's, he's clearly... he's. I think we should read the rest, because it does more to support me. He goes on to say, Ryan's argument was fun, but doesn't track. This isn't like the enjoyable judgment call argument of early 2010 as to whether not even starting a puzzle that is questionable is a good way to live a puzzling life. There's no right or wrong to that. All right, That was about our argument, and you being unwilling to do Foggy Broom's Panda Magazine. Oh, right. Right? And and not the dentist said there's no right or wrong to that. Okay, fine. He does go on, this is black and white land. This is black and white land. It's just not a true definition of near miss to say that it is a failure. It's a near failure. Miss means failure. It's a failure that almost didn't fail or a success that almost didn't succeed. All right. I'm. You know what? I'm just not going to use the term anymore. <laughs> That's going to be that's that's my new that's my new mo. Well, I think that there's a cool thing here that that he kind of suggests that near miss can apply to both a failure or a success, and it has more to do with uh, you know sort of the the on targetness of that failure. You know or what? That I, success. Can't, I can't. I can't. I'm looking at this and I'm listening to you, and I just it just. It's too much right now. I need. What to, if I throw a muffin at you? Will maybe. that snap you back into to, it? I, I don't need have to, any muffins. I here. need to write it down. I, I'm a visual learner. Can I throw this? Uh, I'm a, no, I'm a visual learner. I need to. I need to diagram a sentence or something. I yeah. just, it's just not. All I'm right. not saying would you're you, wrong. Would you please sign up for my office hours? I will, and we can take I care will. of this I'm, on the I, I'm not arguing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying the dentist is wrong. I'm not the dentist is wrong. I'm not even saying. That, I'm not saying either of them are wrong. The dentist, not the dentist. The dentist. The, is not undentist, part of this show. the undentist, whoever. I'm just saying I don't understand it right now. So let's let's. You let's, don't want to use this show to try to figure no, it out. No, no, because I'm. I, it's just making me more confused. Let's shelve it, and then let's come back to it. Oh, that's disappointing. I was hoping we could just talk about this. Well, for the I have nothing to show. say because forget I, the rest of the script. Let's just figure this out. Let's move on. This is important. I don't get this it. This is what matters. <laughs> Let's talk about John Delphin. All right, John Delphin. John Delphin, Vassar class of 1976, says, uh, his email is titled, Check, Please. And he says, I can't handle this kind of pressure. Yeah, either can I. Yeah. 
We pressured John Delphin. I'm giving context only because he didn't provide it really. But the triple uh, check. The yeah, we, I said I thought John Delphin could find us a triple check puzzle. And he says, the only triple check letters I've ever seen based on your description that such a letter would appear in four words have been in word search grids. Okay. I guess that's, that's acceptable. I'll tell you that uh, I believe it's uh, Karen from the Cape sent us an email just today. It didn't make it as in, into our script. The All Roads Lead to Rome puzzle. The All puzzle. Roads Lead to Rome puzzle that had several, more than four Romes coming into the middle of the grid, didn't it? Is that not yeah. the same thing? All right. Well, uh, wait. View Romeo, closing it up. The contest of then. Oh, you know, I didn't put down what the contest of then was. It was take a four-letter word. I'll remember it. Take a four-letter word that rhymes with a vowel. Remove, well, at least a four-letter. Any any word. <laughs> you take an English word that rhymes with a vowel. Near hit. Right here. That this, rhymes this with episode, a vowel. This episode you is remove a near hit. one Letter. Yeah. You get another word that rhymes with a different vowel. Yes. Then you remove another letter, and yes. you get another word that rem- that rhymes with a completely different vowel. Okay. A that third sounds- vowel. Yes. This sounds very very cool. So here is uh, the answer. The answer is the first word is shoe. Shoe. With right, which rhymes with you. You. Uh-huh. Did uh huh. Yeah. Check with me for which yeah, vowel it rhymes sure, with. Yeah. I wasn't sure which one it was. Yeah. Shoe rhymes. You with take the out letter the U. S. And you get ho. That rhymes with the letter O. Yes. Right. And you take out the O and you get he. Which rhymes with the letter E. Yes. Okay. That is the answer. Shoo, ho, he. Okay. We did not get too many answers. We did not get too many correct answers for this. No. Well, it's a tough, it's a, that's a tough contest. But the winner is Jeremy Horwitz of the Jets. That is not his nickname. The Right Royal Reverend Jeremy Horwitz of the Jets. I think it's the Reverend Genius. The actually. Reverend Genius the Jeremy Reverend Horwitz Gina, of the Jets. This was a who designed this nickname. It's know. very confusing. Well, uh, but you know what? Before we, we, as we're talking about the Jets, we have to say, we should have said it earlier, Jeffrey Horwitz, really? Jeffrey Schwartz. Wow. <laughs> Wow, you're about to offer your your gratitude and thanks, and you I, don't know his last. I name. I do know his last name. I just said it. I just I just it was confusing. So was, Jeffrey Horowitz, Jeffrey Schwartz of the Jets, of the Jets, <laughs> a fellow college professor. Yes, not at the same college. No, not at the same college. Jeffrey Schwartz gave us four tickets to Great Adventure. That's how we went. It's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. It's pretty, pretty awesome. He just had, he had them. He wasn't going to use them. And they were about them. to expire because the were park pa- closes down in like a week. In ho- at a Halloween yeah. is the last day. Yeah, so so Jeffrey Schwartz, my God, thank you so much yes, for that. What awesome. a generous and awesome donation Because he could have sold them. Could have sold them and donated them. He just donated us. Just them to us, and fantastic. we used them, and we had a brilliant time. My favorite thing about the whole situation here with Jeffrey and these tickets is that you, Ryan, emailed the wives, our wives, uh-huh. who have no knowledge of this podcast or possibly even <laughs> oh, I know of what Jeffrey Schwartz. And in the email to all of us, the wives, you referred to him as Jeffrey Schwartz of the Jets. Yeah, no, I figured. And you'd I enjoy saw that. that, and I thought, I wonder if he's just hoping that either Catherine or Tony is going to say the hell is this? I didn't think they'd say anything. No, I didn't think they would either, but I'll bet you were secretly hoping that I, they you know might. What? I didn't... Because you would love for them to come to you and be like, Ryan, what is this of no, the Jets no, thing? You know what so it that was? then you could like, you know, giggle and laugh. No, and... you know what it was? It was, be- it was I did it for you, because I knew you'd enjoy it. <laughs> That's why I did it. And by the way, I did. Jeffrey Schwartz of the Jets <laughs> is actually tutoring my wife in math. Yes. So she actually does know of Jeffrey Schwartz. She does. She it's possible that my wife doesn't know of it's Jeffrey possible. Schwartz. It's possible. Of the four of us... I'll bet she's met him, though. 
Probably. I mean, she's met a lot. She's met a lot of the folks out there in the crossword community, and and recognizes more people than those to whom she could identify a name. Yes. I would think because she's just met them in passing at well, I'm sure she's met Jeffrey. or something like that. I'm Jeffrey sure is one of my favorites. By the way, he's fantastic. Yes, very generous and a great tutor, from what I hear from my wife. Yeah. Yes. He's not tutoring you in African history? No. I, yeah. Yeah. Do you need a tutor for no, African history? No, I don't history? need a tutor. I need a professor. Oh. That's, she, maybe he should teach her. He could. He could do a better job than my professor's doing. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Jeremy Horwitz, uh, the Reverend Genius Jeremy Horwitz of the Jets, wins the contest. We have lots of puzzle books by Trip Payne. Yes. Come uh, email us which one you want. Uh, Jeremy Horowitz, I'll be in touch with you to let you know what it is that you've won. They're and all you know in what? Syracuse. I don't know. They are all in Syracuse. I have a book. Uh, and that's actually, we should, I'll shout out to Trip Payne just a little. I yes. don't know if he listens to the show, but uh, Trip was clearing out some storage stuff and had some books that he had contributed to. I think some of them he wrote entirely and some of them he wrote parts of. And sent me a box of books, and many of them are autographed, and it's just, it's a great collection, and uh, we'll be using them as contest prizes yes. over the next couple of months. Did he send you tripping down the lane of puzzles? I honestly don't recall all of the titles right now. The box is in Studio S, and I am in Studio A. Okay. Uh, the Contest of Now. The Contest of Now comes from us from Peter Gordon, quadruple threat guy. What, what, what is his... Wow. Wow, that that was a near hit, and you definitely missed. Peter Gordon... That was a complete failure. It's Peter Gordon... It wasn't even a near hit. That was nothing like a hit. I don't remember what his nickname is. Commissioner. Commissioner Peter Gordon. Commissioner Quadruple threat. I think he's like a sextuple threat. Sextuple threat. Or even a septuple threat. threat. Anyway, here is his his contest. He threatens everything. Here is his contest. All threats. Here is his contest. What is the only four-letter verb not ending in E whose past tense is formed by adding a D. Now, we're talking about the English language here, I'm assuming. And we're talking, I think, about modern English, and none of this Shakespearean thing where you can just do apostrophe D and make it into a thing. You is like, that how they pluralize stuff back in the Elizabethan times? It's not pluralizing, times? it's past tense. We're, we're putting the things in the past tense. That's, That's very different. D. That's, well, yeah, like, you know, you might see skewed. The verb is skew, S-K-E-W, and in Shakespearean text it might be written as skewed, S-K-E-W, apostrophe D. Interesting. Whereas now we say E-D, S-K-E-W-E-D. No, you don't understand? You don't no, follow. I understand. So it's a four-letter verb. This I'm, is just saying, I'm just saying you can't use an apostrophe D and get away with it. That will not work for this context. Agreed. That's all. I'm just clarifying that. Agreed. Okay. So it's a four-letter verb, yeah. and you add a D to form its past tense. Not an E-D. And not an apostrophe D. And not an apostrophe D, just simply a D. Yes. Just this one letter. Right. So, like, if your name was a verb, Ryan, was a, that's a four-letter verb. Right. To Ryan. Pa- yes, the past tense of Ryan is, like, I did it yesterday, would be R-Y-A-N-D. You Ryan'd. Right. Ryan. If, if any of those were legitimate words, they would qualify for this contest. But they... Well, it's a legitimate word. It's just not a legitimate four-letter verb. Yeah, Ryan is not a legitimate four-letter verb. No. To not Ryan. yet. I Ryan, you Ryan, he, she, it Ryans. Yes. So uh, if you need uh, the password for this here contest, the password is... Rogers is. Rogers is. That's the and password please this week. please make sure you spell it correctly. That's right. Uh, and put the apostrophe where it needs to be. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. Look! On the horizon, it's a thunder god, and he's holding a large hammer. Mjolnir. The hammer.
Okay. Why not? Uh, Why wouldn't this time, of all the times, he just be holding a hammer? I, 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 I don't know. I was staring at you, waiting to hear what brilliance was going to emit forth from your mouth. And instead, that is a bad place that. to look for that. <laughs> there are, I mean, you have better choices just on my body to look for something like I that. I don't think so. Uh, just as a forewarning here, this Thunder Round is somewhat abridged. We did not get to the weekend puzzle since we're recording this Saturday uh, yes. midday. And Saturday apparently is extremely difficult. I've so, only gotten through part of it. Yeah, we will get to it and we'll tack these on to next week's show. Monday, October 11th by Robert Fisher. This was all about uh, uh, dishware, things you eat off of. Okay. A tectonic plate. Yes. You had flying saucer. Yes. FIFA World... Is it FIFA World Cup or sure. FIFA World I Cup? Know. I mean, it, it's... FIFA World Cup. Uh, Jared Hirsch, it's an acronym or an initialism? What is that? Well, F-I-F-A. It's you know the, 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 the Federal Institute of uh, Flying... Here's the uh, thing. Here's the thing. Now that I'm looking at it, and then you have Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Cup doesn't seem to fit. Why not? Plate... Saucer, bowl, cup. I don't know that they're all things you eat off of. I think maybe they're all parts of a, a Well, China I think set. three of them are things you eat off of. I think they're all parts of, of a, a dishware set. Like if you register for dishes, you know, when you get married or something like that, you register for a certain number of plates, bowls, cups, and saucers. Those are the four components of most dishware sets. Hmm. All right. Yeah? Uh, Robert Fisher, where are you... Uh, Registered. You have to buzz something. We don't have the buzzer. Oh, um... What are you going to use? Tuesday, October 12th, 2010, by Jose Chartier. Jose, <laughs> am I saying that right? Chartier? Let me, let me see this is how you spell his name. Jose yes, Chartier. Yes, definitely, that's, Chartier. That's what it looks like. It's You know what? Because, honestly, it looks like it's a Spanish first name and a French last name is kind of what this looks like. Sure. So, I don't know. Jose, are you Franish? Could be. Are you Spench? Spench. I like that better. <laughs> Spench? All right. So, Jose, the Spench Constructor. Uh, this is a Tuesday puzzle, and we've got... Uh, there's a, the, the theme is summarized. Where is it? I'm looking for the clue. Oh, it's in the notepad. Sorry. Uh, the answers to the 12-starred clues have something in common. What is it? And that's in the notepad. The 12-starred clues, uh, the first... Three letters of each of the 12 star clues spell out uh, the abbreviations for the months. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fun. So we had Janet's, Febreze, Marsala, Apropos, Junction, Juliet. Uh, what came after Juliet? Oh, Augie, Sephora, Octomom. N- oh, no votes. No votes. No votes. Yeah, and Declaw. Declaw. Yeah, this was all right. I liked it. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't. The theme meant nothing to me while I was doing it. No, it felt like a themeless puzzle while I was doing it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I didn't. You know what? I didn't love. I really didn't love one across Reno and thirty-eight across yeah. for two. <laughs> like really, we need to have a split-up, non-parallel, non-symmetrical pair of Janets in the. Pu- I don't. <laughs> Janetses. Why? Why? Wednesday. Oh. uh... Wednesday, October 13th, by Alan Arbusfeld. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this was shopping... Cent- this was, you, know, you know what this was? This was all I about... I don't know what this was. What this was, was all this? about uh, football. 57 Across. Oh, you love football. 57 Across, I guess, is a, is a, and, a, and a Glenn Campbell song of which I've never heard. Sure. This, Glenn, sounds, this puzzle was right up your alley. The Glenn Campbell hit is Wichita Lineman. Okay. Uh, and then all of the 
Femancers had something to do with football linemen, I guess. Okay. Shopping center. I think I thought these were just positions in football. Shopping center, cat tackle, bitter end, shin guard. Okay. Uh, you know what? I recall needing Google on this. Yeah. Because I didn't know what cat tackle was. Like that whole V chip, ironic lung. I didn't. I didn't know it. I. You know what? I wasn't a fan of this puzzle. No? I don't know Glenn Campbell. I don't know football. It kind of uninterested me. It uninterested you. It uninterested it me. Uninterested it uninterested you. It uninterested Really? Me. Yes. Interesting. Can you define uninterested it's in the, this way? It's the act of doing something. It's the what of doing something? The act of doing something. Okay. The act of doing something that so uninterests you that you are... No, you can't use the word in its definition. Why not? No, you can't. That's not how definitions work. It's so un unexcites you that you're just uninterested in it. No, you failed again. Near hit. Please. But a miss nonetheless. Thursday, October 14th by Jim Hilger. Jim Hilger. Hilger? Hilger? I don't understand this puzzle. I don't understand this puzzle at all. Either do I. I'm very confused. Somebody explain this to me. We've got 20 across... With 40 across coloring advice, and literally so. So 20 across is stay, 40 across is between the lines. Right. Stay between the lines. That's coloring advice. Right. I don't understand. First of all, you stay within the lines. Right. Second of all, how is that literally so? Well, I think stay is between two lines. What lines? I think the black squares are lines. This is a line, and this is a line? I don't know. I, that doesn't make sense. I don't, I, I'm with you in that I don't get it. I'm just trying to come up with some this sort of explanation. This is not the first puzzle that has tried to use black squares as shapes that they are not. This is not the first puzzle that has tried to claim that a section of black squares is a line. I don't think that two black squares side by side constitute a line. What is it then? It constitutes need, a line. You need more. I mean, I know, yeah, from point A to point B and the connected, that makes a line, but... It's yes, sure. It's a very, very short line, but this—that's very awkward to me. And then we have fifty-eight across with forty across. Infer something, and literally so. Read between the lines, and read is between you know two more two black square segments. They don't look like lines. If two people are waiting for a movie. What is that? What are what, what are they doing there? Where are they? Two people are waiting for a movie. They're probably at the movie theater. Yeah, but what are they forming? Are they a line? I don't think they're a line. How? When does it become a line? How many people do you need to be waiting for a movie for that to become a line? Three. You need three people? Yes. You need three. <laughs> so so three people is a line. So what's two people? It's not a line. Not a line. Especially if they're there on a date. Well, yeah. Then they're probably side by side. Yeah. Then they're definitely not well, a line. No, absolutely. They're definitely not a line. And then I don't even think a third person makes them a line. What are then they I think seeing? Does it matter people. if they're what they're seeing? Well, it does It does matter what they're seeing. Um, if they're seeing something really good, you know, then uh, then they can be a line if they want to. Uh-huh. But they, they get extra rights if what they're seeing is good. If they're, they're seeing, like, I don't know, Jurassic Park 3, I did, then I they get that, no rights I thought all. that wasn't so bad. It's horrible. I didn't think it was so it's bad. It's awful. But you know what? I didn't like this puzzle. I'm sorry, Jim Hilger. I don't quite get it. Friday, October 15th by Peter Wentz. This is just a good, I enjoyed this Friday puzzle. 
I liked it. What across barbecue chips? I enjoy barbecue chips. I liked seeing it in the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, nine across joint. Joint. The answer spliff. Spliff. Yes. Okay. I was surprised to see that in a puzzle. I Interesting. Guess. What is a spliff? It's a joint. Oh. Yeah, okay then. Uh, uh, twelve down. Uh, what kind of a joint? Is that like, you know, I had to spend a year in the spliff? Yeah. Or is that I, think I toked on my spliff? I think that, I think it means, uh, do you want to go eat down at that uh, at that spliff down there? Okay, now we've just used three different meanings of joint. We have. Right. Yes. There's a spliff connecting my so, ulna so to my So if humorous. all those three meanings were waiting for a movie, they would be in a line. They would be, yes. They would those be three, Because those don't seem like any two of them could ever be on a date together. No, I don't think either... either I, th- I don't th- think so. Like each other. No, not really. No. Certainly not after the last time they all went to the movies. No. No, because first, Spliff number one was like using his pager and texter the whole time and like Rude. making all kinds of noise. Even after they show that little thing at the beginning of the movie that says, don't spoil the movie by right. adding your own soundtrack, people still spoil she the movie. She is wearing a very weird outfit in that, in that, in that, that little, that little short she? film. Remember, she? there's a little short film where she's, she's, uh, 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 Talking on her phone, and then a cowboy comes in, and then a firefighter comes in, and then a... I don't remember her outfit at all. Oh, I don't even remember that there were people in the little short film. Yeah, there's a little short film, and then and they said, "We don't spoil your fun. Don't talk during the movie." Is that what they say? Is yeah, that, is that actually the script? Something like that. Really? Anyway, she's wearing a very odd, like an outfit that doesn't fit her body correctly. Is it because it's too small or too big? It's just. Is it like showing too much? It's, see too much cleavage? No, there's not any cleavage you at all. see underbutt? No, it's just... If she just, were to turn around, there's no underbutt It's showing. just somebody who... You know there are people who leave and they, they, like, they don't have mirrors in their house and they just put on something and then they leave and you think... Can you imagine not having a mirror in your house? Oh, I would never leave. How could you, how could you be ready to leave the house what if you would, don't have What the, would be the point of leaving? I have no idea. Anyways, 12 down. 12 down. 